The key to success on the field and in your backyard is a comprehensive game plan. So if you're building a fence or a deck this year, trust a Turkstra coach to design, quote, or order the right materials for your project. Visit a Turkstra Lumber near you to learn more. From the Ticats Audio Network, this is the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. Welcome back to the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. The Ticats getting ready for Game 7. That's Week 8 of the CFL season at Ottawa this Friday, 7.30 p.m. start time. Coach, it is great to see you. We are done with that first uh, third of the season, six games behind you. Your team is at 2-4 and four currently. And you got to say, Toronto... They're a good team. I mean, you're, you're coming off of, of playing a, a team that's got things firing on all cylinders right now. After that game on Friday, in your opinion, what's it going to take uh, for the rest of the teams in this league to to win games against that Toronto team? Well, they're going to have to, you know, they're really good, you know, at committing to the run, first of all. So they're keeping other defenses on the field and then – uh, defensively, they're getting off the field, and so they're giving whatever opportunities, or if the offense may stall, they're getting they're getting plenty of opportunity. And I think also just they just have a, a belief right now, right? So you got to knock them off the perch, and they, nobody's been able to do it. And credit them. So when you're playing solid in all three phases, and you're playing confident, and you're relatively healthy, it bodes well. And I mean, Luke, you've been on some of those teams, so. Um, that's a third of the season, and um, you know I can't really speak for what other teams are going to have to do. I just know that uh, for us to get out of the East, you know, we're going to have our hands full. We've got a lot of improvement to do, but that's ball, right? There's nothing to get discouraged about. Like every team in the league isn't going to be undefeated, right? And so when you keep score of games, you know, there's always going to be a winner and a loser. It's are you getting better internally? And then obviously it's got to show up tangibly on the scoreboard and find ways to get wins. Yeah. Yeah, you said they have a belief and you can kind of see that. And I remember it as a player on both sides of that. Uh, being on a team like 2019 when wins sort of seemed to fall into your lap. I mean, it just sort of it happened even when you played bad. It sort of was just, you know, it, it was just rolling downhill so fast, you know, like it, it was almost almost you couldn't help but win games. And then you, you remember playing teams uh, that seemed to have that energy of just, you know, unable to lose. And I think that it, it feels different uh, from the booth, from the broadcast booth as a as a fan, uh, almost in a sense that, you know, you you can in a way I feel a little bit emotionally detached where I'm watching that, especially that middle half of this last game where you guys were staying on the field. The defense came out in the third quarter and, and, and uh, started to stop Calgary, excuse me, started to uh, stop Toronto. And it seems like, well, it's not rolling out of, out of control, you know, just do a couple things going right one way or another totally changes the game. But when you're in the, the, on the field, in the energy out there, sometimes I, I felt as a player, it was almost, it almost, I don't know, more challenging the, your team, your energy in the third quarter, as you come back out of, uh, of, for the second half, what changed? It seemed offensively and defensively, you guys started to pull back into the, into the, the mix there. I mean, I really do think it's as clean as making plays. <clears throat> and that means, you know, if offensively, that means making a key second down conversion to stay on the field. You know, the, the longer they're out there, the more mistakes they can make also. Right. And, yeah. you know, they had a couple of spectacular catches 
on second downs that I thought were turning points. Uh, as far as the third quarter, I just thought we made some plays and they didn't make as many. It's it's that and. Then the momentum shifts and belief and think those things shift. And when you get to a one-score game and you put the pressure on them, um, it's just those little one things just didn't always click. So we get close, and then we miss an extra point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't game-altering. It was still a one-score game, but it makes it. I think we were going to cut it to seven versus eight. Um, just little things like that. But then, you know, we, we get beat on an explosion. And, you know, when we needed a two and out right there to put the pressure back on them to yeah. see how they respond on that. And it's sometimes you got to put the other team. It's, it's part of your execution is putting them under pressure, too, and making them perform uh, in a crucial situation. And we got to just get in more of those situations where we make them perform. Um, you know, at a high level versus always putting it on ourselves. But I just think that's what really turned it in the third quarter there. Yeah. Still sort of a an ongoing struggle in the score zone in this game, but you know, uh the penalties down when you got close to the uh close into the scoring territory of, of the Toronto's end uh, kind of jumped out to me. What's your take on that? You you have to go into a coaching room and decide how to address that. Is this a is this a pointed out to the whole team kind of thing? Is this a one on one uh with each player? Uh, obviously damaging to, to, to your efforts to, to convert these drives into touchdowns. Uh, what do you do about avoiding those penalties in the score zone? You just point out how it's not conducive to consistent winning. Sometimes you're going to get away with it. You know, we were playing a team that led the league with the most penalties per game. You know, Toronto had the most penalties per game, but when you put the ball in the end zone and you do enough other things right, uh, some most of the time you can overcome that. When you're trying to get uh, work on the areas of weaknesses, you're just not afforded that luxury. And so if it can't click in that we got to put the team first, that's it. It's not any, it's not any bigger than that. And you know, I've been, you've been around me long enough to Luke, Luke to know that I always was trying to sell and still continually sell and always will. doesn't matter what the role is that, I wish there weren't any numbers or names on the jersey. Um, obviously, for the fan and sports entertainment, I do. But I'm saying even in training camp, because the whole team is affected. And there's no better way to really actually paint a picture and sell the message that, yes, the individual makes the penalty, but the whole team, uh, it, it affects. And when it, until we can string together consistency, we've done it well. Like, I think we took, you know, less penalties in that third quarter. Like, it's all aligned in... Um, trying to align with consistency. And until we do that, you know, we're going to be, it's going to be more of a roller coaster ride than, than just a thrill. Yeah. Um, we said off the top, done with the first third of the season. I remember talking about that frequently as a player. It's sort of a, sort of a, a check mark in your future, that next, that next third, that next third. Are you guys talking about that? Do you have, do you, do you, do you, do you address the the idea of where you are in the season and sort of zoom out in the in your team meetings? Uh, do you have goals specific to each third, uh, like this like this middle third that we're going into? Yeah, absolutely. We I've always believed in breaking the season up, and I know I always keep saying you know that, but it's the truth mm-hmm. that that hasn't wavered. And I just think it's hard when you look at this. Oh, we're going to play twenty three weeks, and let's stay together and ride this thing. It's like no, let's let's get it in chunks, something you can digest set some smaller goals that become your stepping stones uh, for the, 
you know, for the ultimate goal. Um, so, yes, I mean, we're, we need to go one and oh in this third, right? The two and four is what, you know, that's that's not yeah. going to define us. That's who we are right now, but that's not going to define us. And that's only record wise, right? Internally, we know the little gains we're making. It's like, again, we understand it has to show up on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. And so this first third, we got a chance to start it off on a positive note, and that's to go one and oh. Coach, let's uh, get for get to a fan question here. Uh, fans, listeners, remember you can send your questions for Coach O to game day at ticats.ca. Put in the subject line, question for Coach O. Uh, each week, we'll pick one out to ask Coach. This week is from Dennis. Dennis says, Coach, people always talk about turnovers being a big part of the game and a big part of why teams win and lose. I'm sure that's true, but it seems like turnovers are not really a teachable part of the game to me. Meaning, you can obviously coach strategy, play design, teach people where to be, etc. But I don't see how you can teach a player to not turn the ball over. Are turnovers just a mistake that each player needs to avoid, or are they something that require coaching from you and your staff? Thank you, and good luck this week, Dennis. Awesome, Dennis. That's a that's a very very thoughtful question, and I'm going to have to straddle the fence on this one. I definitely think that. Uh, Yes, you can't play for the players, and that that's for the touchdowns, that's for the, the big, great one-handed catch, or a fumble, or an interception. Um, we do believe it is our job as coaches, and I wholeheartedly believe that our job is to prepare the best we can, and it's the player's job to perform. And if the player's not performing, that's when the tough decisions get made in this business, where was he prepared for the moment? Yes, is he willing to get better and put the work in? Yes. Okay, then maybe he's not good enough. You know, then you go down those. But if the player is good enough, willing to work at it, and he's prepared for the moment, um, you know, then that's that's a situation in itself also. So, uh, yeah, you can't tell him, but I do think that part of the preparation is showing him clips. Uh, we have tackle turnover circuit, for example, for tackling, trying to get the ball out and taking the ball away. We have ball security circuits on offense and for special teams to just emphasize. I know, Luke, when you were around, Corey Grant did an awesome job of uh, an iron cross ball security presentation. But again, that doesn't mean that it carries over for everybody all the time. Um, But um, yes, I think you can teach it, but no, you can't play for them. Yeah. I'll add to that for for the start of every training camp when I was there, like you said, Corey Grant used to do it uh, uh, in, in a lot of the years. We'd have uh, PowerPoints and slideshows of for ball security, and you were always sitting in the meeting, kind of hoping that your your picture wouldn't <laughs> pop up there on the bad ball security part of the presentation. You know, they would have clips and plays and pictures, examples of where you're not holding the ball you know, you got it out wide and stuff. And so you're hoping that your picture doesn't show up there. And then the second half of the presentation, examples of great ball security. And you're hoping that you have some examples from previous <laughs> years where you're iron crossing and, and uh, you know, tackling with two arms on the ball and, and, and all that. So <laughs> it is absolutely, it, we, you do get coached on it as a player uh, and then you have to execute. Uh, Dennis, thank you again, fans, listeners, send your questions to game day at tycats.ca. And we may pick your question to ask coach O on next week's podcast coach on to Ottawa, um, starting to hear there's, there's ideas that believe I Mitchell is practicing more. Of course, Taylor Powell, Powell came out and, um, 
young quarterback, not not a lot of experience, did some things uh, well. Of course, had an interception. Of course, you can probably pinpoint uh, uh, some other areas that you'd like to see improvement. But uh, uh, seems like a, a quarterback who's on his on his on a pathway towards being a, a producer uh, in this league. Uh, what do you expect to see as the week progresses? Is there, uh, you know, uh, something you're, 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 you're hoping from Taylor Powell to see if he's going to be the guy uh, to go against Ottawa? Well, we're excited about Taylor Powell since, since he's been here, right? He's just, he's been a quick study. Moments haven't been too big for him. He loves the game of football. Uh, he cares. He's a natural leader. Those are, those are things that then you get to the scheme. Right. And you get to the ability and what he does well and who to surround him with. Um, but when you have that foundation, it, it usually bodes well. Now you got to do it with the lights on. But I thought I thought Taylor did a phenomenal job um, in the game and, you know, brought us to a drive that, you know, got the crowd going and made the game exciting. And that's that was it. You know, you, you hope that you can get to a, a one score game with three minutes to go in this league and look out. And that's kind of what it is. And then you got to learn how to win close games. So uh, when it comes to Taylor and, and obviously Bo this week, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're giving them mixed reps. There's no set thing on exactly what we're going to do. We're not going to be in a rush for Bo, but it, Bo's next step in his rehab and for everything else was to play football. And the only way to do that is to to start practicing. So uh, we pulled him off the sixth game. And even if you don't know, um, for the listeners listening, and if you don't know exactly what that means and what that entitles, at the end of the day, um, if you're on a six-game, uh, you know, injured list, you're able to be at practice but not able to participate, and so that's that's the why behind it. Yeah, Bo, you know, later on, in his, he's he's later in his career, and he's had injuries in his past years uh, in Calgary. If he is able to come back, does that feel like comfort food to you, knowing that your guy is out there, the guy who we started off the season intending to see, you know, or, or does it give you pause? Are you sort of, is it a little bit of nervousness uh, that there's still some maybe question marks physically or other about Bo being on the field uh, if he ends up being the decision? Well, he's medically cleared. Like, we're not going to risk Bo as a person or as a football player just uh, due to any other circumstance other than, I know he's itching to get back out there. He's a competitor. You know, I know that, you know, he may not have played as well as he had historically in the first two weeks, but the only way to, to redeem yourself on those type of things and to get more importantly, get wins in the win column is to get out there and play. Hmm. So there's no reservation of putting Bo out there, uh, despite how well Taylor or Matt Schultz, um, played. Um, if it's his time to get back out there, the only way to find out is to see, um, where we're at is to get out there and play ball. So it's it's an exciting moment, and it also is exciting to know that Taylor's got some game time um, if something unfortunate happened. Yeah, uh, yeah, great insight there. The uh, well, going to Ottawa here, and Ottawa, of course, on a short week uh, on their own uh, here as they get ready for this game, and they're coming off of an overtime win uh, in Calgary. Uh, their season has also seen some some quarterback injuries. They've got some similar situations going on. And, of course, it wasn't long ago with a very good football game that came down to the last play in Hamilton with this team. What do you see from Ottawa, and, and what do you what do you expect it'll take to, to beat them at, at their own place? 
Well, I think they're, you know, when you, when you go to two overtime games and those are close games and battle and games that probably the majority of people didn't give you a chance to win and you win them, boy, that's, uh, that's nice for a locker room. It's nice for momentum. They've kind of broken their streak. Yeah. They had a home winning streak that, or a home losing streak that was kind of hanging over their head. They kind of knocked that one down. Uh, they beat a team that, you know, uh, in Winnipeg, who's a great football team. They go into Calgary, you know, hadn't won there in a while. And, you know, they just seem to be, you know, finding a little bit of traction. Uh, and they got a running back for quarterback. And that's not a disrespectful way. I'm saying when he gets in the open field, He's making people miss like a running back, and that's bringing a different dimension. And early on, I think that when you're not prepared for that, or you're prepared for a Mazzoli or you know whoever else has started games for them, an Adams or you know an Arbuckle, you you know you kind of have it's kind of like a preseason thing. You're trying to figure it out. I know when he came in in our game, you know it was like. Okay. I mean, we knew from, you know, personnel that he was a a bit of a runner, but you're not spending a game plan on that. You're preparing for Jeremiah and plays they're running. And then he comes in there and everybody, you know, people, oh man, he's running for these yards. Well, then he runs for the same yards the next two weeks. So obviously this, this man's pretty good at, at, at what he does there. And so we'll have our hands full. We got it. We're going into their environment. They're coming off two amazing wins. The, the short weeks won't have any, any bearing once the ball's kicked off. You know that once it's kicked off, it's football. Uh, you know, you're going to get about 13 series in a game and about 60 plays and you make it happen. Yeah. Well, exciting. A great, uh, matchup again, East against East, uh, a lot of those, a lot of those, much earlier in the season than we've seen in years past. Coach, I am excited to watch this game on Friday. Best of luck with your week of prep. Awesome, thanks, Luke. See you next week. Coach Joe Show with Luke Tasker is presented by Turks to Lumber. Check out the project coaches at Turks to Lumber. They can help with every part of your home reno, from designing a deck to ordering a new front door. Learn more at TurksToLumber.com. Another episode of the Coach O Show with Luke Tasker is in the books. Let us know your thoughts. Email us at gamedayatiecats.ca. Coach O and Luke are back next week to discuss the latest from the locker room. Subscribe to the Tiecats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.